Welcome to the Good Rookies Podcast. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nellie J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's episode 72. 72. Y'all, happy 2022 to all you beautiful folks out there. That's right. It is now the first Tuesday, the first good Tuesday of the new year. And Fahim, I'm so happy we have this phenomenal returning guest. This man knows all the things about basketball, hashtag fundamental. So Fahim, please introduce who we got. Like you said, we have a returning guest and uh, it's great to have him back. Um, He's, he's our podcast family, I have to say. Um, always great. And every time we do meet up with him, there's always something new coming up uh, with him. Um, it's great to see his growth. Let's welcome Sheldon Casmi, the podcast today. Sheldon, 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 Sheldon. Woo, Sheldon, man. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm blessed. I'm here I'm healthy and uh, it's good to start the new year off um, being the first guest on the show. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Well, Sheldon, before we get into the episode, I got to ask you a question because you're in the sports world in Canada. A lot of people know you, uh, athletes, player—I mean, players, athletes, hashtag whoever, coaches, you name it, personnel. And I never really got to speak to someone in Canada how COVID has affected their sport. So I know uh, we're talking about it more CBL, but you coached during this pandemic, any differences you saw coaching pre-pandemic and now during the pandemic, anything that, that they want to highlight for the folks? I think we're like, oh, these are athletes are playing out there, but I'm sure you see things that we don't see and how much it's affected your job as a coach. Uh, yeah, you know, so it's, it's weird how quickly, you know, we kind of adapt to whatever our circumstances are usually, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, probably the first game during the pandemic where it was like, there's no fans. Like, <laughs> Whoa, this is weird. And um, even some of the players were saying, like, it's hard for them to kind of get up for the game. Their energy isn't the same because, mm. you know, there's no crowd, nobody booing them, nobody cheering for them, whatever the case is, right? Um, from a coaching standpoint, that part didn't really affect me. Um, but then... And it then became, like, actually during the middle of our CBL season, it just went from no fans to fans. And um, I think that first game when there was fans, some of the players got really excited for the game. Some of the players were kind of thrown off by it. Some of the coaches were kind of thrown off by it because we're like, oh, man, we actually have to really yell now again. Like, um, so those, those kind of things didn't make a, a bit of a difference. Obviously, you know, you have all the testing and, and things like that, that you need to do. But um, and even, you know, being on the court with a mask on, pretty difficult. Um, but yeah, those were really the main the main changes. But you know how it goes with, with sports. You know, once you get on the court or the field, whatever it is, you kind of just adapt and you kind of lock in and. You know, you kind of go to your instincts anyway. So it's just been a blessing that we have been able to um, participate during the pandemic. Um, we have been able to um, have our leagues going on. Um, it may not be like exactly how it was before, but um, still a blessing to be able to have it. 
That's dope. That's dope. Well, we appreciate you guys. Honestly, I will say I have a, a soft spot for athletes and coaches because, you know, your job is personal contact and the crowds, like you said, amps up you, coach, like players, everyone, staff. So all the people losing their jobs, right? Now it's that Scotiabank, sorry, Scotiabank Arena, ACC, whatever. They're not 10,000 compatibles. I heard doctors in Ontario were upset that they even had a Raptors game. It's people in the stands. So lots of controversy, but I'm happy that you're able to do your job because it's important for these kids, right? And you're definitely making a difference. So we're going to highlight more of you and for the culture, but I'm going to pass the mic to Fahim because we're going to get to some hot topics before that. Go ahead, Fahim. <laughs> All right. So it's great that you mentioned uh, about coaching. Uh, Sheldon, you do on different levels. Uh, you do uh, Canadian University at McMaster. And also you do uh, Canadian Professional at the Canadian Elite Basketball League in Canada also. Uh, for the uh, Hamilton Honey Badgers. So as we get to uh, for the culture, uh, we'll definitely be able to um, get in a lot deeper in regards to what you have to bring for that. Um, but we have a lot of CEBL, Canadian Elite Basketball players, that have been called up for NBA action uh, due to the whole COVID situation. Um, we should definitely want to highlight them, and you would have some insight in regards to it actually being affiliated with the league. Um, do you want to kind of elaborate for us in regards to with these players coming up, um, what kind of effect uh, that may have for the league? What I want to do just real quickly is so far, and be, you know, this is a fluid situation. So if I'm off with this, correct me, but I have, there's four players so far that have uh, NBA um, contracts so far. Uh, so it goes, um, Xavier Sneed has a 10 day contract. Um, and he played in the CEBL. All, actually, all these players I'm listing have been in the Canadian Elite Basketball League, okay? So uh, Xavier Sneed is one 10-day. Uh, another one is a Javian Delorier uh, for the Niagara River Lions. He's another one. Cat Barber, he plays for the Guelph Nighthawks. And Xavier Moon, who plays for the Edmonton Stingers, and he signed with the Bucks. Um, Oh, sorry, my, my apologies. Let me reel that back because it goes, um, the first one I listed was for the Bucks, second one for the Hawks, and Xavier Moon, last one is for the LA Clippers. So, you know, you're an insider with this. What do you think? You know, man, it's, I, I think it's great for the league. Um, you know, I actually think the CBL league is actually pretty high level um, in terms of the players. And when you really think about it, I mean, you're getting all these guys who would normally be the import players in their overseas leagues, like Spain, first division, Spain, second division, Spain, third division, whatever, Ukraine, wherever it is. They're all coming in. They're all playing in one league. So it's like, it's not, it's not like it's a, uh, like an easy league. You have all these guys who would normally be the imports who would be the star of their team and now they're all on, on one team. Um, so I think, you know, it's kind of just getting out there that, you know, the league, obviously the league is growing, um, but the league is pretty high level and um, we do get a, a good amount of guys who play in the G League who will come and play because the league's in the summertime, right? So it's in, in the offseason. I think it's positioned perfectly. And um, so, yeah, we do get some high-level players. And, um, <clears throat> you know, guys are improving also, right? Uh, Xavier Moon is one of them. Like, he's good, man. 
<laughs> really? So like what about him is like so like what about him makes him to you stand out compared to the other guys in the league? Like what's what's his like pro skill would you say like he's really good at? I think he has Okay, so this will kind of help you guys to maybe put some kind of picture to it. He's actually we actually all know his uncle. Um Jared Toronto Raptors fat. Right. From way before you know his uncle Mario Moon. Right. Um, so he has the speed, the athleticism, um, and I mean he's a guard, he's a point guard. Right? So he's like we have these cameras that are like automated cameras, and he's always beating the camera down the court. Like the cameras can't keep up with it. So he's fast. He gets out uh, really well. He, um, he has good good jump shot on him, uh, mid range jump shot, three point jump shot. He creates for his teammates. Um, so I think he's really good. He's he's a two-time MVP in CBL, and easily like it's just hard for me to admit, but he easily like won the league uh, last season. Um, so he's really good, and he he's been playing in the G League, and he's been playing really well in the G League. So I was happy that he was able to get his call up, and he got into the game um, the other day, and you know he played a, maybe ten, twelve minutes or so, and. Zero turnovers. He got a two points, one assist, rebound. So, I, I mean, I think it's uh, it's good. It's good, and there's there's lots of guys. Uh, Javin Doria, he's another guy who played at Duke, um, and you know he came down. He played River Lions, played in summer league as well. So he's another guy who's offensive rebound machine, um, has some ability to block shots. So it's good guys. It's good guys. So what's the difference? Because um, like I've seen uh, Xavier Moon uh, play once. Uh, they, you know, C CBC had aired some games, and I can't remember which game it was, but I'd seen him, and I was pretty impressed. He did seem like he was a little, um, a little bit head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, I don't know. Did he win an MVP or like, or did he have some kind of award that he won uh, during the CBL Funda? Yeah, two-time MVP. Two-time MVP. Okay, because um, I remember. I remember watching him and, and, and seeing that he had, um, you're right, he was very quick. I'm just wondering since you've, you've been, oh no, you're thinking, go ahead, I'll let you think. Three-time three league MVP. Three-time, wow, yeah, okay. Okay, so that actually speaks to something because we have somebody in the CEBL who's an elite player. Um, he's good enough to play in the G League. So in G League, you know, they're on the cusp of, getting into an entry into the league what like do you what do you think he would have to do to stay and be more than just a 10 day and mind you i know a lot of things have to work in your favor you know um but and 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 the the margin for error is probably very slim uh, that separates them but i'm just wondering um a good, a good, very good question, and um, I don't always seem to have all the answers because every GM and scout kind of thinks differently. Um, I think, I think it's it's tough to say. Like at some, for some guys, they get to a certain point where they're good enough, but they might be twenty five, right? So. 
sometimes they'd rather take a guy who's 19 who's just as good, you know what I mean, and, and say, okay, well, we can groom him or we can kind of keep – he has more potential. Um, I, I don't remember exactly how, how old Xavier is, but I think that's probably one of the things that's kind of maybe may hold him back. Obviously, you, you still see sometimes where, you know, there's guys who play overseas for a while and then they come back and, you know, they get a chance. Um, but I think that's probably the major thing that's holding him back. Like he's not as as young anymore as, you know, the guys who are going to be first round draft picks or whatever the case is. Um, and, I mean, you know, the league has kind of moved to where they like the bigger point guards. They want the 6'3", six, 6'4", six, point guards now. Um, and for him. <clears throat> and for him. Sorry. Fahim loves big point guards. Like, love, yeah. like, dog friend, dog. like, if we're a small point guard, you got to do a lot to impress this guy. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So that's, that's the other thing. You know, that's, that's probably half or 60% of the GMs also, right? They don't want, they don't usually want a 6'1 point guard. They want a 6'3, 6'4. So that, that could be part of it as well. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm a little, I guess I'm biased, but I'm not really big on the, oh, he needs to be able to be three inches taller. Like, mm-hmm. um, as long as you're able to get the job done, but hey, I'm not a GM in the NBA or anything yet, so. <laughs> yet. Yet. Yeah, well, you never know. You never know yeah. what this goes, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, sorry. I, another... sorry, I want to say something. Um, right. I want to shout out CBL because I was looking up it earlier and it's like, uh, no other Canadian league got players during this pandemic era to the NBA. Uh, the NBL, no players. Oh, so, um, well, during, actually, during the 10 day contract, I looked it up. I didn't see any. Did you find any? That oh, got no, yeah. Contract? So, that's what I'm saying. Okay, um, cool. Technically, Xavier Moon, he's kind of shared between the CEBL oh, and oh, the NBL Canada. He did do some time there also. Okay, I did see all right. So I didn't know that. But what's funny though? What's funny though, Fahim, is that when I Googled CEBL players to NBA, like like recently, articles came out about them under CEBL. But mm. there's no articles around NBL. You right. know what I'm saying? So even right. though keep in mind, Fahim, NBL didn't have a league last year. Remember that? We had the commissioner on the podcast. Yeah. Mm. So that's why, unfortunately, NBL, you weren't around. So mm. you don't get the credit because the last league he played in was a CEBL. So that credit goes to them. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> um, I have one last thing on, on this, actually. So uh, these are ball players, and this is a job. And part of your job is, like in any job, you have a resume, right? Um, what kind of... Uh, these these players that are getting uh, promoted and getting having an NBA team even added to the resume after when this ten days gone done if nothing even happens from it uh, what kind of impact does even being on a ten day have for these players going forward does it does it really help their stock because they can go to another team and say hey you know what at least if this NBA team had value in this player perhaps we might want this player also you know what I mean does it really give a big bump into their future. Potential uh, job opportunities, maybe not in the NBA, but maybe elsewhere in Europe. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, whenever the the teams overseas can see, okay, well, he has NBA interests, they usually think he's pretty good. Um, so he'll probably be able to get up in a higher a higher league overseas. 
um, if he does choose to go back overseas instead of playing in the G League. Um, and his pay will probably go up. His pay is probably going to go up in a CBL this summer if he chooses to come back. Um, because that's a big, uh, that's a big activate, right? Like, if you're able to get a 10-day contract, there's lots of guys who play in the G League for years that don't get 10-day contracts. Um, and I, I was kind of, you know, trying to say before that um, I, I'm hoping and I'm still kind of biased towards my Hamilton Honey Badgers team that I, I'm hoping that my guy Linda Wigginton gets a chance. But, you know, it's all about um, timing and it's about what you do, how you perform in front of, you know, certain people. Sometimes they want to see you live and see how you perform. Um, but, yeah, it definitely makes a big difference. Um, you know, to be able to get a 10-day contract. Nice. Um, I'm familiar with Lindell Winning, Winking, Winning, Whittington. <laughs> he's from uh, he's from Nova Scotia, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. He's a baller. I've seen him play. Very nice. Um, yeah. I also want to shout out Adley Stevenson also. I know they were away, uh, his league, but, um, you know, it's still Canadian basketball regardless. So, right. um, yeah, shout out to you. He's, he's old. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. knocking him. I'm just saying that. You can't be claiming players. No, no, no. I just want I, I get you. Okay. Yeah, I know. No, no shade at all. Let's say, listen. He's a good guy, man. He is. He's amazing guy. Oddly is Be audacious. Awesome. Awesome. And also, mm. like, to me, like, even Oddly was on the podcast. He said he's happy you guys have that league, too, the CBL. Because right. he's like, because at the end of the day, it, it pushes competition. I think mm-hmm. when you're the only league of one kind, especially in a market like Canada, they can get stagnant. So having competition, plus it's different times anyway. Right. Um, and I think for athletes in Canada, a lot we get ballers out here, but they don't get jobs in, in the States, right? So for them to be able to play in NBL, play in CEBL or international, I'm just happy that we're paying athletes money to play ball. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because those guys yeah. are as important as any other job. So it's just really dope. But no, shout out to those players that made it to the NBA. I read a quote um, of a player, I forgot his name, but he said that, even though it's a 10-day contract, he still cried. Putting on an NBA jersey for him, he's like, I worked so hard. And so he's like, I don't care what happens after this, but he's like, I worked so hard to even get here. Those 10 days is like heaven for them. So congrats to everyone that was called up. Even though on you know on Clubhouse, I kind of was like, who's this guy playing for the Raptors? I get it, bro. No, I'm just saying congrats to y'all. But a lot of teams are going down. Ricky Rubio went down today for him. Uh, if you saw this today, so I'm sure they're calling up because their point guards now are just like they got no one. Sexton's out, Rick Rubio's out, so and Garland's got COVID. So it's three point guards for the Cavaliers that are now gone. Um, so let's see who they call up. Hopefully, another CEBL player. <laughs> Hopefully, right. and plus, the, plus the Cavs are, I mean, Cleveland's close to Toronto. Well, I mean, what, what, a couple hour drive, so eight, mm-hmm. ten hour drive, so. Hey, we're not too far. So anyway, uh, yeah. but no, no, that's really dope for you. How did you feel seeing these guys called up, Fonda? Like, were you shocked? Like, were you happy? Like, what emotions did you go through seeing guys that you were kind of coaching or seeing in, in, in the tournaments or in, in CBL being called up? It's weird. I, I, now that you ask me, I wasn't shocked. Um, okay. I wasn't shocked because, well, for one, I knew, you know, call-ups were going to start happening. Um but I think because I, I kind of have already heard, uh, you know, the murmurs or who, you know, the GMs kind of like and who they have their eye on. Um, okay. Like I knew that Xavier Sneed was one of the guys that a lot of the GMs like as a 3 and D guy. Um, 
I knew Javin Delorier. You know, he played at Duke already, so everybody kind of already knows him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know that he was playing well in the G League this year as well. So I guess it wasn't that much of a, as much of a shock. And I think Javin Delorier was the first one. So once I saw that, it's like, okay, you know, now I'm just like, okay, more guys need to get a shot. Like, come on, come on, get, get more guys a shot. And, you know, I, of course, I saw that Xavier Moon was playing really well. And um, so when he got his... Again, it wasn't a shock. It was kind of like, okay, hey, yeah, it's about time. Like, good. good. So I, I'm happy. I'm happy for them. Um, most of them, I don't. Well, I don't really know them personally, but just coaching against them, um, seeing them, and you know, they're good dudes. So I'm happy for them. That's so nice. Nice. Um, so Nelly J, I think it's about that time where we go to for the culture for the culture we like to highlight individuals for the culture and today we get to highlight my brother from another mother that's right y'all sheldon cassini that's right this man will act all humble like oh no 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 this he is a past baller and he's been coaching for at least a decade at minimum a decade now so um He's recently joined the McMaster uh, basketball team as a full-time lead assistant. He also is assistant coach for the Hamilton Honey Badgers. On top of that, he also helped with Team Canada. Yes, team, the Team Canada. And he also is out, also coaching the past with the Brampton A's team in the National Basketball League of Canada as well. Uh, Sheldon Cassimi, hashtag Funda, Fundamentals, uh, attended and played at Birmingham University. Um, where he helped his team win four conference champions, y'all. Okay, so this man knows what winning means, and not only has he played, but also is helping other people win, right? I know the Hamilton uh, Badgers, they got, I think, bronze, right, um, last summer. Is that correct, Funda, or is it this summer? When, when they ended up third place. Look at your face. <laughs> you know, when it's, not even, when it's not even first, I don't even remember anymore. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it was last summer, last summer. It's okay, I got you, I got you. But yeah, no, but it's so dope. So, Sheldon, you know, you're someone that I think in Toronto, people don't even, I think most ballers, like if you play basketball in Canada, you know who Sheldon is. Like, you're like, oh, this guy, yeah. Everyone knows Sheldon is. But I think for a lot of the casual basketball fans, the folks who don't really follow the scene in Canada, they're unaware of what we have talented in Canada. So walk us through, because I know you were coaching, you stopped coaching. What 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 about basketball made you want to just pursue a career in it uh, to kind of actually want to coach and mentor from the grassroots level up to professionals? This is a great question. I, I don't <laughs> usually uh, I'm not usually asked this question. Um, you know, it kind of starts from like just me as a core as a person. Um, and I started realizing this just as I reflect, but you know, even as a like teenager in high school, um, I kind of like I knew I wasn't going to be one of the ones who go to the NBA or who get a Division One scholarship. But I was always hopeful for my friends, and I would actually go and like support my friends like at their games, and just to kind of be there and be supportive and to be like yo you did, you can do this better you can do that better and like, I was always still a student of the game right um and I think that just kind of went with me um the main the main one who I was always with you know you know you probably know is Nathaniel Mitchell who's now an assistant coach with the Toronto Raptors um and 
you know, I was just always with him. And anything that he was learning, I was trying to learn. Anything he was saying, I was, you know, trying to learn. And and also just vice versa, like trying to be there for him as much as I could as well. And um, I think that's kind of where it started. And, you know, um, he kind of had the idea like, hey, let's train some kids when we were both still in university. And, um, you know, kind of just like a side job during the summer. And it kind of just stuck with us and it kind of just kept growing um, from there. And I think even before that, I like volunteer coach at like church team mm-hmm. and Corey Joseph ended up being on our team. I remember that. Yep. Like, whoa, like this kid's pretty good. And I was like, let me help him as much as yes, I can. Uh, he coached Corey Joseph. That's right. Y'all go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So like, just random stuff like that what, what just kind of kept happening. And I just, mm-hmm. it just kind of grew my love for, um, coaching for developing um, and yeah I did I did stop for a bit after I stopped at the weirdest time uh, I was coaching at Ryerson University um, we won the OUA championship that year mm-hmm. yes we actually beat Carleton University in the Ontario Conference Championship um, unfortunately we got bronze at nationals but um, after that year you know, you just kind of, sometimes you think, uh, I could probably make a little bit more money doing something else. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm getting a little older. Let me see if I could make some more money doing this. And it was not the best choice for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, it actually kind of made me realize how much I need to coach. Like, it's a part of me um, because I'm able to help others. Um, I'm able to you know, how about this guy who thinks that, you know, he has the ability to make good money as a professional or over or make it to the NBA and I'm able to, you know, just help them as much as I can with, okay, well, here, we can work on this, we can work on that, um, watching film with them, you know, just certain things to be able to help other people to reach their goals. And that's really what the part of it is for me. It's weird because I almost focus on that more than I focus on me achieving my own goals, but... That's really what it is um, for me, just wanting to help others um, to, you know, realize their dreams and to meet their dreams. Well, no, that's dope. I mean, I've, I I remember I met, guys, I met Funda when he was like, I think 11 or 12 and I was like 14, 15, but I'm a Funda for a long time. So seeing the kid that you were to the man that you've become, but also the fact that now you understand this is my gift. Like I'm, I'm kind of good at this stuff, right? And also understanding that you're there to serve uh, from the grassroots level to propose. Because some guys, you know, all they care about is helping the pros, getting the fame, but you're like, no, I'm going to help anyone that needs my help. And if I can help you, like get the fundamentals of basketball instilled in you at a young age, pay me some money, I'm gonna get you there. So for all the parents looking for their kids to help them, you know, expand, y'all better check out my boy, Sheldon Cassini. Well, I definitely want to congratulate you for all the moves um, that you've been making. Um, there has been, so I have a question and it's kind of for the floor, I think we should actually address with this. Uh, there's been a report uh, by the Canadian press um, that states uh, that Ontario University sports are overwhelmingly white, a report finds. And the report is by the Ontario University Athletics uh, report that they found, okay? Um, The reason why I feel this is very relevant is you've actually bucked the trend according to what's going to this report. So I just wanna kind of 
read some just some quick quotes from this report what they find um, and then we can actually discuss and see how and or any insight you might have being on the outside of this report okay so first of all uh, the report finds that uh, and this is a quote uh, for white identified OUA members, the path to obtain a position as a head coach or leader within administration appeared smooth, the report reads. Most were either offered a position without a formal interview or explicitly encouraged to apply, end quote. Um, another quote, all ra uh, racialized coaches were formed former players who had volunteered, worked part-time, completed education or assisted in for many years with few ever ascending to a head coaching role. Uh, that's another part from the quote, uh, from this report. And unlike their, this is another quote, unlike their white colleagues, uh, they lived under excessive scrutiny, scrutiny and fear of being reprimanded from their coaches' positions. Um, I just wanna give one last quote here. Um, it has to do with the funding system of how they get to, um, or what's, what's in place before. Uh, the funneling system, in, this is a quote, the funding system into university for sports relied heavily on private schools, clubs, and pay-to-play systems, the report pleads. Each of these methods overwhelmingly selected athletes from middle to upper-class families with opportunities and resources available to succeed in university and sport. So I'm, it's, and once again, this report is by the Ontario University Athletics. So what has been rebranded because they were called OUA um, and now they go by U Sport. Um, now this is out, this is a fairly recent report, October 25th, 2021. So this is current now. So I think this is actually beautiful timing right now that we have someone like you who is a coaching at McMaster um, under U Sports and you are non-white. So um, first, congratulations, because you are not an affirmative action hire. You actually have, uh, according, according to this report here, you've taken all the proper steps to get to where you are. Mm -hmm. So you're not there because of who, uh, by your color, but the work you put in. So first of all, salute to that. Um, but according to this report, which I'm actually glad because, you know, usually when it deals with race, um, we don't really get the real they actually divulge a lot of the real that was happening behind the scenes with OUA. I just want to know, um, according to some of the quotes in this, um, you know, how does it feel um, being a coach who is kind of buck the trend? Okay, so let me let me just uh, make a quick clarification. So, mm -hmm. the OUA is the Ontario University association it's the, it's the conference that is in u sports so um it's just the ontario conference so there's still the uh, i should know this better off the top of my head but there's oh. still the four of the conferences that are across canada mm -hmm. that are right. under u sports okay so, so u sports uh, are above it and the four are below it okay gotcha got you okay. yeah it's like it's like the nba and then and like four divisions. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, got you. Got you. Okay. Yeah, um, okay. So within Ontario, yeah, like from what um, I've seen in the past, what I've kind of grown up seeing, and this is probably a huge part of the reason why most of the young players coming up don't 
like they don't really aspire to play in Canada is because it was very white. Um, and those coaches would be coaching for 20 years, like even if they're losing, right? Um, so yeah, it does feel it does feel good that you know they are trying to make changes and they are actually acknowledging, you know, that this is an issue that was happening in our conference. And um, yeah, it feels good to you know be a part of it, and I, I hope to be able to continue to be a part of it to continue to do well. Um, I think that's that's the that's the biggest part. Once you get in, you have to do well in order to you know, to stay around and um, not get scrutinized um, more than, I guess, the coach who's been losing for 20 years that still has their job, right? But and that happened um, to the NBA. <clears throat> yeah. That in the NBA too. So you can imagine at the college level, university level, what you see, mm -hmm. uh, because there's been a temperament less temperament for black or brown coaches versus white coaches. We, we all seen it in professional. Um, but it's crazy because, like, I remember being coached by amazing uh, black coaches that would spin circles in university coaches, like, spread circles to them. You know what I mean? Like, no ball. Um, so it's interesting that a lot of the coaches that I was coached by, um, they, I, I know some of them worked with, like, Seneca and other colleges, but never really got a, a job job above that. And I'm wondering, like, what, you know, what um, Fahim was reading about if they apply for jobs. Who knows? They could apply for jobs, Fahim, but because they didn't know certain people who know certain people, they didn't get the job. So nepotism is also a thing too, right? So. I'm also wondering in regards to the recruiting process, it might be a little mm. bit different also. Um, is there something, possibly you being a black coach, that uh, a strategy that you're maybe looking to maybe recruit that maybe wasn't around before? Um, in terms of recruiting now, like, you know, it's kind of led by our head coach, um, Patrick Tatum, mm -hmm. um, who's also black male. Um, I believe I'm 99.9% .9 sure he's actually also the first black um, head coach to win uh, coach of the year, the year that we coached together at Ryerson. At Ryerson. Yeah, I remember that. Um, that wasn't really mentioned that he was the first black one, but I think it's probably pretty obvious that, hey, you're going to be the, you're the first black one to win it right. because just how the <laughs> OUA and how Canada has been, right? But um, he does. He he wants the best players. Like he wants the best players that he can get, whether they're black, white, um, Filipino, whatever they are. Um, we we're just looking for the best players, and um, you know, obviously, basketball is a big sport in the urban community, in the black community. So you're gonna get a good amount of of black kids, and with those kids, we are hoping to make sure that, you know, not only are they getting a degree, but they're also just developing as, as black men as well with good role models in front of them. Um, that, that doesn't usually, that's not really the norm, right? So um, that is something that we have in mind that, you know, we want to be able to do. Um, but still, you know, just trying to put together the best team possible and being there for all, of, all the players, right? Um, I think that's kind of why I mean, we call him PT. That's why me and PT 
get along so well because, you know, at the end of the day, we really just want to be able to help all the players that we have, um, no matter what color they are, to be able to, to achieve their goals. And I think that's how it should be across the board. Um, yeah. Not only just for your race, but, you know, just equality, everybody treating each other equally and trying to get the best out of everybody. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And, you know, I've had some racist coaches uh, growing up, you know, I went to public school in Scarborough and I've had to deal with some of them, uh, you know, where like, you know, I should be starting, but because I'm, because I'm not blonde or whatever, I'm off the bench or certain stuff like that. I've, I've seen it happen, you know, so even for, but I think for, for like, so, so it's really interesting, right? Because, um, it's like, I'm not starting, but I'm, I'm coming on the court within two minutes, right? It's like, it's really a lot of, um, especially if, if, if someone's parents are paying money to the school, you know, that happens too. So like, if your parent is donating a lot of money to your to your sports program and so forth, their kids get a lot of advantages that other kids do not get. There's so much politics in sports. Parents are involved in that. Uh, par parents' influence is involved in that. Um, so, you know, I'm just happy that we have more coaches like you, Funda, out there that are mentoring these kids, that are changing the narrative. Because I, I wouldn't want someone being discouraged from playing a sport because they, they're dealing with someone that only likes them because they're, they're good. Yeah, yeah, you're black, but you know what? Like, like, like you really get the sport, so I'm going to coach you. But it's like, but do you like me as a person? Or is it because I'm, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a thin line, you know? And um, I think for him, that one college coach who got fired for calling his players monkeys, like it, we see all this is happening so many in the sports world. And that's why when anything is, too, is really white, it, I'm concerned about my black people. You know what I'm saying? I'm a hold up because that means that people of color aren't getting those opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. um, in those spaces. So I'm just hoping that more and more people like yourself who play indie sports can coach in, in that space as well. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. congrats to you, man. Definitely. One last thing on the way out of this. Um, I just realized that it must be, um, I'd probably say maybe more challenging uh, being a Canadian uh, university coach uh, to recruit than it would be the States. Because obviously, as we know, United States, you have scholarships. I understand that. Um, the focus, I guess, uh, being a Canadian coach would have to be um, student athletes. Because first of all, you have to have somebody who's, if they're going to play for a Canadian um, basketball, university basketball team, um, athletics has to be part the, the main part of the equation first um, because uh, no one's thinking like one and done or, you know, um, playing, try and get over to Europe. You know, if you're going to play in Canada, chances are it's got to be education and, you know, getting an, uh, and must be actually kind of the balance of getting somebody who can play ball, but also can hold it down in the classroom also that takes a specific type of person to begin with. So I understand the challenge that that is ahead, but um, you know, uh, I'm glad, like you'd mentioned, um, how things are changing, this report showing um, that things are changing um, and you're at the forefront of it. So, um, you know, we got to salute you for that and support you in any way we can. So great job, Thunder. And you know, um, again, this is, this is why I love being able to come on the show because I'm able to kind of, um, maybe help change the narrative a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, like you, you kind of just mentioned that, you know, most of the guys who we'd be recruiting, they usually aren't thinking that they're going to be able to play overseas. But 
for one, almost all of the guys think that they'll still be able to play overseas. That's the sometimes, sometimes just being young and and not fully understanding the landscape. But there is a good amount of players from Canada that do end up having really good careers overseas. Sorry, and so when I sorry, Fonda, when I was saying that, I was thinking of players like in the states. You have like the one and dones or people who don't who aren't concerned with their 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 four year graduation maybe before they finish school and then going. Is that happening here also where people like guys are getting to like the second, third year and saying, okay, I'm going to go overseas. I'm not going to concern with finishing my, my, my degree. That's what oh, I, that's kind of question. the language I was going. That's good question, Dauphine. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not as often. Okay. You okay. still get some of the guys who kind of think that they should leave after a year or two. And right. go, but I don't really know many of those success stories. Right. Uh, like there could be some, I don't know. Um, mm. But no, generally they you know they stay for the four four years, right? Okay. In youth sport, you get five years, so oh. <laughs> some of them stay for the five years, and uh, and they play, and you know there's a good amount of them that have decent um, professional careers. Mm. Some of them are even on our national team, yeah. um, and uh, you know, but it, it does make it more difficult because yes, you do have to. It's it's still a bit different. So you know, McMaster University is one of the top universities in the world it's in like the top yeah. 75 i think it is so it's difficult to get in mm-hmm. and so you know when we're recruiting players it's like we have to remember okay they need to have this Great. 85 average if they want to get into <laughs> this program right <laughs> right yeah it yeah. makes it it makes it difficult you can't just see a player and say hey he's good i'm going to recruit him like you have to do all the other right. stuff behind it right I'm going to ask you, Fonda, uh, sorry, I don't cut you off, but I want to ask you a quick question. Are, um, how is the sports scholarships um, like for God, athletes nice. in the universities? Because mm-hmm. I know we're talking about recruiting, but do they get any compensation? I know in the States they get it, but is that something that you think, you know, um, are people pushing for that at these universities? Or do you think, I know, I know Quebec has it, but what about the other Ontario universities? Look at your oh, face, God. you're like... <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask. Okay, so again, again, I, I, I love being on here because I get to be very <laughs> candid and open. So the way that's kind of set up is, um, in the if you're one of the schools in the Ontario, the mm-hmm. OUA, you don't get as much money for scholarships money okay. to give to the kid. You'll get, I think, it's forty five hundred to five thousand dollars that goes towards your tuition or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Obviously you could still kind of, you know, set them up with jobs on campus um, okay. to be able to compensate. Okay, cool. But I think they try to even out the playing field mm-hmm. by not giving the OUA schools as much money for scholarship as you would if you were at UBC. Like I think at UBC you'd probably get everything paid for. Uh, oh, okay. see, I see. Mm-hmm. I see. At least your at least your full tuition would, be, would get paid for. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I know you get more no, money. No, yeah. mm-hmm. you get more money. Yeah. So you're saying that the competition is it, for for these athletes amongst conferences are even tight because depending on what you can give the athlete, they may want to play in UBC versus. Okay. Okay. So I'm under yeah. the impression that Simon Simon is it? No. That's interesting. Oh, I didn't man, know. Like, I'm, I'm drawing a blank out this. this uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank of the school. I wanted to say S. No, it's not SFX. Well, um, who's the one that got that? Uh, Simon Fraser. 
Simon, Simon Fraser. Simon yeah. Fraser. Are they the Justin. one that gives a full scholarship in Canada still, or is that kind of an urban well, myth? They're um, they're NCAA Division Two now, I think. Oh, they're so oh really? Oh yeah, so that's why they smashed. Okay. Fair okay. Enough, fair enough. So hold up. So how many universities are NCAA Division te- like like schools? Do we have like a couple? Like just only uh, one? I, I think, yeah, I think it's just that one. Just Simon okay. Fraser. Okay. So if we nice. again, I I didn't know there were NCAA, but y'all we're learning a lot mm-hmm. from Funda today. Sheldon, That's sorry, funny. you know <laughs> that's why we're here. <laughs> I'm still learning some of this stuff too because you know we kind of have the bias over here when we're in Ontario or even Toronto. Sometimes you only just pay attention to here, right? So yeah. I'm trying to learn more of what's kind of going on across Canada because there's some really good programs across Canada. Um, Alberta, University of Alberta has been doing really good, University of Calgary. Mm-hmm. Um, so just trying to kind of learn more of those other programs and how things kind of work around in that landscape as well too. Okay. One last thing I want to mention. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure it's T- <laughs> one last, one last, one, yeah, last. I know, one last. Um, I'm pretty sure it's TSN. They um, they for as the Vanier Cup, right? For for Canadian yeah. football, right? So you know they're supportive of that. Um, I'm not quite seeing, and I'm, they may have a partnership. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I'm not seeing the same type of maybe coverage for basketball the way I am for football. Um, call them out. Call them out. Do you see possibly anything that's happening up the pipeline where they might be maybe, um, if there is any type of support for basketball um, on television, um, maybe being growing more? Uh, do you see that happening? Or, or, or do you, maybe do you know a reason why football is so like – I, actually, I know, sorry, I understand the football aspect because we have the CFL and that is the breeding ground for the CFL. So that totally makes sense for them to be involved. We don't have that same type of infrastructure for basketball. But uh, I know CBC has affiliation with CEBL. So I'm just wondering if there's some kind of university professional way in basketball where we can get more people actually involved because I'm guilty as charged. I haven't watched Canadian university basketball in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not giving me a reason. This conversation is giving me more reason to say, okay, you know what? Let me, let me see what's going on more with it. Is there something else that they're doing for people, casual people such as myself who maybe not going to follow it all the way through, but at certain times will be interested in looking it up. I know it's kind of a long question. Go ahead, Funda. So I know for, um, <laughs> I know for the, the national tournament that they usually show at least the bronze medal game and the finals. Okay. okay. I feel like they should be showing the whole thing. Yeah, right. uh, they should. And they may have the last time that we actually had nationals, they may have shown the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, to be honest, that's my, that's my one thing that irks me about, right. uh, you know, youth sports basketball, because I look at it, I look at, basketball here especially in OUA conference I think it's pretty on par with like the mid-major to low division one low uh, NCAA division one schools I think it's pretty much close to the same like when we play against those schools we compete with those schools Mm -hmm. um sometimes it's earlier on in August but again some of some of the youth sports schools will beat the NCAA schools so it's just shocking to me and annoying, to be <laughs> frank, that like 
it's not on TV. I don't understand why. And <laughs> you know, there's all of these basketball enthusiasts, basketball fans that will never come to a Canadian university game when it's actually decent quality basketball. Exactly. And, and I think we're doing the country a disservice um, because, you know, it should be on TV more, but it's probably not on TV more because there's not as much interest because it's not marketed as well. And mm. the whole kind of domino effect, right? But I mean, I would love for um, there to be more uh, more push for the, the Canadian basketball, um, whether it's through TV or marketing. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I would even change my name. Actually, no, I probably wouldn't. But you know what I mean? Um, I got a quick. I got a quick suggestion. They should um, a tournament with uh, maybe, like you said, lower division one schools, ones that are kind of known but not like big tournament names, right? And start a tournament with those a handful of D one schools that people kind of recognize, mm-hmm. and the Canadian teams that we can recognize and just do like a weekend tournament or something like that and put that on television. At least that way, you know, you have, you have people who might be honestly you uh, sports snobs, people like, oh, I don't watch Canadian basketball, but then they might watch it just to see exactly how this Canadian basketball team would do against that U.S. team. And I think something like that can actually lose the product that show them. And I'll add to that too. Um, unfortunately, uh, betting is a part of all these things of interest. Right. So if there's like a, a way to bet on these teams and make money that also helps because i feel like whenever they put any division or any tournament on 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 those type of betting sites for some reason viewership goes up i know it sucks to say it but that's just how it works too (laughs) go ahead we'll give you last the last thought on that go ahead it's definitely true again i think there's way more that can be done Mm -hmm. um in order to kind of promote the sport more um the, the tournament is a good idea, but believe it or not, there's been a lot of good schools that have come down here and played, and I th- I'm pretty sure it's been on television as well. I, I, went, to, I went and watched um, Ryerson versus Duke two years ago. Oh, that's dope. Right. See, I, right. I didn't even know about that. You see? You see right. Thing? Was that one RJ and Z- yeah. Yes. Okay, no, okay, yeah, yeah. So they need more of that. That's what I'm saying. Ryerson. Mm-hmm. McGill University. Right. Uh, oh, I remember. Right. I forget the other team. I forget the other team. I forgot so about could, that. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, that's what I'm saying. More that. things, more things like that need to happen. Right. Yeah. So good point. All right. All right. Well, um, one thing I wanted to add before we end the segment was that the CBL added three new franchises, they added another one. So now they got um they had seven. The other three is Montreal getting a team, Scarborough. That's right. We're getting a team, as well as I think New Brunswick, St. John. So y'all expanding your. No, no, no. Your... I think I think no. I think it was was it, was it Newfoundland? Sorry, sorry, Newfoundland. Yeah, St. Yeah, John. Okay, yeah. Newfoundland, yeah, Newfoundland my bad. Really... Yeah, St. John. And so one last thing I want to say to the CEBL, their marketing is a one, yeah, amazing a one marketing. I'm talking from the names to the brand to Very everything good. about it. They yeah. are marketing a one. Excellent. They're doing a great job. And I remember that um, that that guy, he came from somewhere else. I remember uh, um, reading about the, the founder of CEBL, but, you know, he got a loan and he's been working hard through the pandemic yeah. to get things done. So Good CEBL, job. 
good job. And hopefully Funda will get a, a head coach job in there as well. I'm going to put it out there. Um, let's go to the last segment, Fahim. <laughs> All right. So let's go to That's Absurd. That's Absurd. Fahim, bro, what was absurd this week? What was absurd? Man, rapper Polo G, he spent $75,000 on floor seats to the NBA Christmas Day game for the Nets versus the Lakers. <laughs> 75 grand? Absurd. Hold up. Is that USD too? Mm-mm. How much is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, let me put this back because listen, for uh, for me in Canadian, I got I, 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 I got Google certified to you, Canadian. Let me look this up. So that y'all is 95,000 95, Canadian to watch wow. a game. Uh, I'm going to let our guest go ahead. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. Oh, man. It's um, absurd. And KD didn't even play. No KD. No no Irving. Um, well, they saw LeBron. I think there was no Westbrook, I think. I think he was still out, too, because um, with COVID. So, yeah, it was a watered-down game. Mm. Actually, no. I think West was Westbrook West there. I think Westbrook was there, right? He he yeah. played. He played that game. Okay. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But seventy-five grand. It's 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 a definitely a money thing, right? But if you think about it, um, the Christmas Day game in itself, or the games, period, Christmas Day. I understand that the NBA has to do what they have to do, but um, I, I'm torn. I thought the product, I just, mind you, I, I was in and out, didn't really watch a lot. This is the first time, like usually I'm a Christmas Day basketball watcher all day. It's the first time I can remember in forever that I was just not interested. Um, but um, I'm torn because I understand they have to put a product, but I really, I really wasn't into it. I'm going to ask you, uh, Sheldon, though. Um, having these players who aren't so we just spent the, the start of this the top of this talking about 10 day guys getting their shot how great it is and then they get the opportunity on christmas day and you know there's quite a drop in in the product and people aren't really watching it and now we're looking at seventy five thousand dollars for a seat is is a waste and absurd are we being hypocritical here? What's going on, Sheldon? I mean, you still want to see the absolute best players mm -hmm. in the entire world. You want to see them on Christmas Day. Right. So, I mean, if if uh, anybody was going to tell me that I was going to have to pay my whole salary to watch <laughs> the CBL players, I would tell them no. Like, I'm not right. doing that. Like, yeah, I like seeing good players, but right. I want to see the best guy. And still, I'm not going to spend my salary on it but for polo g who knows maybe that's like 20 dollars. Yeah. that yeah that's probably strip club money but. yeah so for me i want to add that it's absurd <laughs> for us but for rich people that ain't absurd so yeah right. you're right you're right funda <laughs> i guess it's all relative yeah I, I and again i don't even know what polo g's bank account is like but it's I don't know if it's really like that, but clearly it is. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because 
I didn't watch that game clearly because I thought Westbrook wasn't even there. So clearly, I didn't watch the game. <laughs> the only right. game I cared to watch that day was actually to see Yadis come back, um, and also to see uh, you know Warriors against uh, the Suns. I'm sorry, the Lakers, and that's that's without Kyrie, man. <laughs> Lakers hmm. this year has been yeah, you know, so they're not really a high ticket like. To watch to watch the Le, watch LeBron is amazing, but I'll watch LeBron when he's when he's you know coming down that you know he's he's getting older less less money you know like his retirement you know run whatever but um, <laughs> but that's just me though because I'm not a heavy LeBron fan. There's some LeBron statues out there, so y'all calm down. I'm not dissing LeBron. I'm just saying I wouldn't pay that much money to watch him you know play. And I'm an MJ and I'm an MJ girl, and I'm I won't do that for MJ either. I just think that you know. It's a pandemic. He got the money. Good for you. I just think it's hilarious that that he went there without Kevin Durant because I think the biggest ticket was seeing Kevin Durant versus LeBron, not Kevin right. Durant versus Harden, who don't play the same position. Like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, also no AD was there, right? AD didn't play, right? No, so no. yeah, that's the thing. Like seeing AD with LeBron and then seeing KD with Harden and Kyrie, that would have been great. But it's a watered on product, you know, watered on product. So yeah. it's just unfortunate. Um, Again, no knock to you for paying that money, bro. For us, that shit's absurd. 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 <laughs> absurd. Yeah. Polo G literally said to uh, Adam Silver, Merry Christmas. Here's my 75 grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's put this episode in the book. All right, y'all. That was episode 72. All right, 72. So, Funda, as you know, we'd like to give our guests a chance to do a shout-out. But because it's the first episode of the year, do a shout-out, but also give me um, a goal, something you want to achieve in 2022. It could be a small goal, a big one, but let's manifest our dreams from now. So go ahead, Funda, what you got for us? Uh, in terms of a goal for this year, uh, I want to win two championships. Ooh, let's make it happen. Sports championship. Sorry, let me, let me rewind. Three championships. I want to win the OUA championship, which is our conference championship. I want to win the U Sports championship, um, and that's with McMaster. And I want to win the CBL championship with Hamilton Honey Badgers. Those are, my, those are my goals. Um, so just want to shout out... Uh, you know, all the GMs, especially the ones who are like my close friends um, in the CBL. I mean, we kind of mentioned um, that there's a new franchise, Montreal, the Montreal franchise. So a good friend of mine, Joel Anthony, he's actually the GM. Right. Um, shout out to Javon Shepard, who's the GM of Ottawa Blackjacks. And mm -hmm. my boss, GM, Jermaine Anderson. Just want to shout out those three guys and um, just some of what they've been able to do for Canadian basketball. That's nice. amazing. Shout out to them as well. Mm -hmm. I want to shout you out, Funda. Uh, so great seeing you growth, seeing you doing big things. I wish you all those three championships. We want a clean sweep, y'all. Let's make it happen, vibrate that way. Uh, my shout out is just to everyone, all our podcast listeners, family, clubhouse folks, everybody that's with the movement. You know, Good Rookies was started with Fahim, um, myself. Joe Mo, we really wanted to just kind of create a space for us to talk ball, sports, with a Toronto Canadian, you know, twist of things, but also highlight our people. 
in America and Canada. And I think we were able to make a lot of connections and friendships this past year. My goal next year is to have the same type of energy, make new connections, help the people I know, network with other people that I know, help all my people elevate, grow, get better jobs and empower themselves. So I'm manifesting all my people to be in different levels this year, not five levels, Jason, shout out to Jason, not five levels, you know, different levels this year. And I'm really hoping that we can empower each other and support each other in Canada and Toronto. Too many people want to hate. They think because I'm doing this, you can't do it too. No, there's room for all of us. Yes, even us that are black. So let's create a community amongst ourselves so we can all help each other get to the next level. But pass the mic to Fahim. What you said. I'm not, I'm not uh, messing up the order right now, but can I just, I always get, I always feel like, oh man, I should have shout out this other person too. No, so, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I'm not messing up the order, but. You know, I don't always do things how we're supposed to. <laughs> so, um, I also want to shout out, I can't not shout them out, my McMaster team, the whole entire team, the whole entire coaching staff. Um, we're in season right now, so just want to give them a, a big shout out as well. Dope. Nice. Nice. So, I'll double back with that. Uh, shout out to the McMaster team. Um, Sheldon, I want to uh, put some positive energy towards your big three requests there. We're going to make it happen this year. And, um, you know, it's been, it's great to see your growth. You know, every time we don't speak often, but periodically when we do, there's always something new coming up the pipeline with you, which is always, <laughs> it's just great. It's just great to see the growth and, uh, you know, just be along with, on, on the ride with this. So you've been an amazing guest today and, uh, you know, you have a home here with us. Um, I'll just piggyback off uh, Nelly J. You, what you said, everything you said, uh, times two. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I want to say even for uh, what you mentioned about the podcast. Yeah, we really we want to like we have a village happening here of of a movement, and um, it's all encompassing of everybody who's trying to do something. We just want to lift them up. Um, there's power in numbers, and. Um, and we recognize that regardless of whatever anyone else is doing, we're just focused on what we're doing. And, um, you know, as long as we are moving uh, with that pure heart and right spirit, um, we have nothing else to, to, to worry about because we know where we're going and bring everyone else with us. Absolutely. And that's going to be it for this episode. So let's Ooh, put it in the books. Episode 72. So, y'all, if you had a good time, if you enjoyed yourself, please support funda follow him check him on instagram i'm gonna have all his links everything but please like subscribe to the podcast and let's have an amazing 2022 for him <laughs> you know where to look for us if we're finding trying to find us we're on all platforms tell a friend to tell a friend that's good rookies podcast episode 72 and we out peace happy new year <laughs> 